Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and children of all ages, welcome to episode 30 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast where we'll be breaking down some of the heartbreaking news coming out of training camp, some of the players that have been hyped up by the coaching staff, some of the injuries that have occurred, and uh, also one big release that's happened and who that might open up some opportunity with. So with me to break it all down, first of all, I have Chicks. Hey, hey. <laughs> I have Mo. Giddy up. And last but not least, we have Paul. Evening all. Evening all. Uh, right, so lots coming out of training camp. You know, it certainly starts to feel like we're getting towards the start of the season. I know we've not had any preseason game or Hall of Fame game, and that kind of gives it a different feel to normal seasons. But uh, there, is, there is a lot coming out. And while people have still got some drafts to do, I know um, we've got one just in a few days, actually, Chiggs and Paul. Uh, I know it's a keeper league, so um, not oh, quite wait. the same as a fresh startup. I mean, Moza, Moza's pretty heavily involved in that league as well, right? <laughs> uh, hey, yes, uh, he's been supposedly puppet master, uh, co-managing. But Mo, Mo, you said you've been mainly managing, not even uh, co-managing. No. That I, I would love to take the credit, but Sid, Sid's been doing well on his own. But uh, hey, three finals in all three years, two championships. You know, you, you know, he's getting a little bit of help from somewhere. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Sid, here first, guys. <laughs> Sid, you've been rumbled, mate. Sid has been rumbled. So in preparation for that draft, let's see if there's any players, you know, that appeal uh, or you might be moving up your draft board um, in, in in your new startup leagues. And I think, Chiggs, Paul, you're even in a startup, a dynasty league at the moment. So maybe some talking points from a dynasty perspective, not just our redraft leagues. Um, so first player that I'm going to talk about is the New England Patriots and uh, I know most people would see Sony Michelle and James White as the sort of one-two, particularly on third down, James White. The player that's been getting a lot of buzz, in fact, is Damian Harris. Um, was he a second-round pick from last year? Uh, or third-round uh, third, third pick? Third-round, yeah. From Alabama, Third-round pick. But he, you know, a lot of buzz last year. He went quite high in rookie drafts and then did nothing, uh, pretty much. So... He's getting uh, praise for not only his running, but also picking up blitz uh, and the blocking um, as well. So, Chiggs, I'll start with you, Damian Harris. Is that a player you're moving up your draft board? Is that a player you're looking to acquire in any startup drafts uh, for redrafter keeper? So, it's funny. So, Damian Harris, I've been on this train for a, a long time, actually. So, I was buying up shares of him pretty much as soon as the season finished. So I was going out and getting him anywhere I could. I think I actually traded with Paul in yeah. our... Um, in tight ends uh, to, to get him because for me I'm I've been a seller of Sony Michelle you know he's a decent runner good running back but can't stay healthy um, and I just think the value you can get from Damien Harris I think obviously now the hype's getting there I still think you can get him on the cheap as well now um, the opportunity's there right you, you've seen what Bill uh, Bill Belichick does with his running backs um, you know there's not um there's never like a fixed guy. So if someone shows off well, then then they'll get to play. And I think with Harris, it was a case of, you know, just learning the system in year one, just getting comfortable with the offense and stuff. And by the sounds of it, you know, he, he's getting there. You know, great, great stuff coming out of Campbell. Obviously, Sony Michelle potentially starting the season on pop. James White naturally going to be the pass catching back. They brought in Lamar Miller as kind of insurance, but 
that that role is there for Damien Harris to take, absolutely. So you now, take him in a redraft league. I mean, I would be I'd be looking at him if I you know like the fifth last round pick, you know, so in, the, in our keeper league, for example. Um, you know, if I can snag him in one of the later rounds, just the upside I'll get. You know, if he if he ends up hitting, because the trouble you, what you'll find now in our keeper league is that everything's all every, all the players are going to get pushed up just by the nature of people keeping their keepers in their various spots, like Alvin Kamara in the 15th and stuff. Damien Harris, I'm not going to say he's going to be at that kind of level, but he's the kind of guy you can pick up in the 15th round and he'll probably be going, you know, if he, if he develops and he, and he gets a run this season, he'll be going in round sort of five and six next year in, in redraft leagues, right? That's the kind of value you're really looking for in, in a sort of a keeper league. Who who would you take in a keeper league as a flyer? Keyshawn Vaughan or Damien Harris? Damien Harris. Harris. Wow, interesting. So, yeah. uh, Mo, any any further thoughts on Harris that Chig's not covered, or are are, are you less optimistic? Um, I'm optimistic of his talent. Uh, I I just I think I'm always in my life. I've always stayed away from the New England backfield. Um, they're, they're just too many, too many, too many mouths there to feed. Um, yes, Sony Michelle's out right now, but he will be back. You have James White, and you still have Burkhead. Uh, I, I, I think I, I like Damian Harrison, a keeper or an IDP, or sorry, uh, uh, a dynasty format. In a redraft, I think. I mean, if you have an extra spot on your bench, it's not going to hurt. Um, I, it's. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm as bullish as Chiggs is. Uh, however, uh, I, I can see his upside. He definitely has uh, a quite a bit of upside there with New England. And Paul, any any thoughts on Harris? Seeing as you traded him away, are you kind well, of wishing you not, hadn't? Not uh, too bothered. Am, well, it's, compared to the two, I am a little. I've just picked up um, Sonny Michelle in a, in a dynasty in round twenty, I think it was, and I just think that the I don't. I, I think you you can get I think you always get fairly good kind of value at weirdly from um, New England running backs because even if they're a lead back you know they're going to get mixed around a lot you just don't know who they're going to be so they can have a they can have a particularly good week but they're not probably that consistent I mean he got like he got a, a thousand yards the last two years and he was fairly consistent Sony Michelle and for where he's going I still kind of like him I think, so I think that's I'm the less value, up, yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's because they go so late because of that. Um, I can't actually remember who I traded for uh, for Harris. I think it was um, I think it was Justin Watson. I was about to say I'm not sure I need reminding. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> sure, I'm sure I shouldn't have done it. Um, um, yeah, I, I'm not so high on Harris personally. Not in a redraft or keeper league. Maybe keeper, as you say, for the value for next year. Uh, I, I just don't see him having much production. Yeah, I still actually have faith in Sony. Obviously, if he starts oh, on the pub, it's different. But but um, you know, last year had a bit of a down year. But yeah, uh, I'm not too worried about Lamar Miller being there. I mean, there's a chance Lamar Miller doesn't even make the final rosters. To be honest, you know, they've just do this a lot. Uh, Sony Michelle was pretty consistent. He did like 900 yards both years in 18 and 19. Um, more touchdowns last year. You know, he's pretty. He was pretty consistent. More receptions. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I still, I've got a few shares of Sony Michelle, and um, I, just I don't think, think you're getting good value. Five. Maybe oh, not. Sorry. You know, maybe you're not looking at a top twelve RB or anything, but um, you're, you're not the paying that where you're price getting. Him. No, no, yeah. exactly. I think yeah. I think where he goes is kind of sensible. If you weirdly, it kind of makes sense if that makes sense. I think you. I think your upside with him, where you're getting him, you know, later in drafts. I actually really like him in, in a, in a redraft league as as a late round flyer. You know, he's getting at that sort of range of Jordan Howard, Mabry, you know, those kind of guys. So, yeah, I much prefer him to. Yeah, and you know, it's, so for me, I'm just a seller of him in, in dynasty because, you know, you, you're you're trying to sell name value. You know, people are trying to offer me in the off season and. I just don't see him holding, you know, I'm not a big buyer of running backs anyway, especially injury-prone ones, unless I'm getting them super cheap. See, weirdly, I don't mind running backs in that because you know none of them are going to last for any length of time. I don't like paying, you know, I don't really want to pay up for Gurley three years ago because you know in three years later you haven't really got much, whereas if you're getting him in round 20, it doesn't matter too much because you're not giving up a lot to get them. It's not like a wide Mm. receiver where they can last 10 years. 
you know, running backs occasionally, but you know, fundamentally, you don't really get running backs for that long. Yeah, I, I, I still believe Michelle is gettable at the cheapest he will be um, for the rest of the season. So uh, I think it's good value. Um, and if you're trying to acquire him in redrafts, I think most managers uh, might accept a second for him. Um, so I think that's pretty good value because I do I have faith in Michelle. But uh, maybe we could have a Michelle v. Harris uh, little fab bet, Chicks, if you're... Uh, you're interested we'll, we'll we'll talk offline yeah <laughs> i think i'm already okay let's keep Sean Vaughan, <laughs> indeed uh, let, let's talk uh, continue running backs then uh, next man up guy getting a lot of hype from the coaching staff um bryce love running back for the washington redskins it seems like with everything that's happened with darius guys and we won't touch on that you know at the moment it's just allegations but, um, you know, obviously somebody needs to fill the hole. Antonio Gibson was getting a lot of praise. Uh, I think Ron Rivera was being talking him up as in every down back. And just recently, Bryce Love has been getting uh, hype. Now, Bryce Love was somebody who came in with decent college pedigree last year and was seen as a bit of a gadget player. Some people talked of him as being a hybrid tight end slash running back, maybe even fullback type role. So... Mo, what are your thoughts on Bryce Love going into this season? Is that a player you'd stash at the end of your bench in Dynasty or sorry, in Redrafter Keepers? Oh, 100 percent in in any type of uh, any any type of uh, fantasy football league. Um, he was something else, he was someone I was actually high on last year uh, before he tore his ACL in the bowl in the bowl game. And um, I, I I actually I mean he, he I think he was going to be a top three drafted running back if not for the uh, the injury. He he's got that Sanford pedigree where CMC kind of came from. He's 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 going to do well in uh, Washington, um, in my opinion. Uh, as long as uh, I mean AP's only got a couple years on him. Uh, we'll see if they draft someone else next year. But I think this year Bryce loves one of those sleepers. I think you should you should have a share should have shares in him. I know. Uh, uh, what do you call it? my redraft? Uh, I'm definitely uh, targeting him because I, I think he's still he's still going quite late. I mean, you you can get him in the in the teens, and uh, you know not many people have much faith uh, on you know to watch it on football teams offense. Uh, but I mean, I think uh, I think I think I think they'll surprise you a little bit. I, I don't I don't think I don't want I like him if he'd gone almost anywhere other than there. But how often you know they're going to be behind the entire time, right? Well, that's that's where that's where I think that they're gonna have he's he's gonna play that role like that uh, he's gonna line up on you know in the slaughter out, out wide and he's gonna have those receiving um because that, that's kind of like the role he also played in Sanford he had those receiving catches and he played with CMC and he kind of always worked out similar to CMC and so I, I think yeah honestly it's gonna be more of those it could be those garbage points he's gonna have like a little dump off uh, from the QB or possibly a screen pass and uh, you know definitely some garbage points come in there uh, I don't think. Uh, uh, and, and then if they are if they are in a close game, I mean he'll definitely I think he'll split he'll split the the, the carries with AP at the moment. Gibson I see again more of a Samuel. I, I kind of see him more as a wide receiver than more of a running back, uh, kind of like a Curtis Samuel type of uh, player. And I and I think that's how um, the the offensive coordinator there Scott was actually you know wanted that that's the main reason they wanted Gibson. I don't think he was going to be like an all you know, all down back or anything. He was going to be more of a Curtis Samuel type of a wide receiver, you know, maybe get some sweeps and, you know, also play a little bit of running back here and there. See, from what you're saying, and when you add Peyton Barber into the equation as well, at best, that sounds like running back by committee. And for Redraft League, I think if there's anyone I'm going to put faith in, it's probably AP. I, I just uh, I'm not sh- sold uh, on a season long league on Gibson or Love because I just think there's going to be so much splitting of the work and they're yeah. going to try and be creative new coaching staff. Uh, this is my opinion. Um, and Barber's done okay at times. You know he's not not been obviously an elite running back, but there were times for Tampa Bay where um, you know when there were injuries he sort of took the helms and had you know many hundred plus rushing yard games. So. I just think it's a bit muddy there personally, so I'm not really, not really looking to get love. But as you say, in a keeper league, as Chiggs mentioned with Damian Harris, if he's there in the 14th, 15th round, and you think he could be have a prominent role next year, then that's great keeper value if you're playing those kinds of leagues. 
just with the, um, I was going to say Redskins, but with the football team, uh, Ron Rivera has announced that he's been diagnosed with um, cancer. So just want to wish well to Ron Rivera and hope he's um, back to full health really well. A coach I really like and I'm sure Mo, you know, coming oh, yeah, from Caroline, sure. you've got a lot of love for Ron Rivera as well. Okay, so next up then, kind of uh, broke today from nowhere, but uh, if you use Sleeper or um, Roto World, uh, you would have seen, and in fact, if you don't and you play fantasy, I would recommend everybody download Sleeper. Even if you don't use it for your fantasy platform, they give you great breaking news and also Roto World give you um, great breaking news. But kind of came out of nowhere that Kenyon Drake was seen in a walking boot. Now, we did caveat that by saying he's in... Uh, in you know wearing it for precautionary measures but that always worries you if especially considering Kenyon Drake's going fairly early in season-long leagues for me that sort of screams out as a Chase Edmonds and I think he's a player that goes under the radar a lot but has been pretty good when called upon in recent years particularly with David Johnson's injuries etc so Paul what are your thoughts on the Drake Edmonds situation. Uh, would you be looking to handcuff, uh, or are you reaching for Edmonds, perhaps? I think it depends. I think you need. It's a little bit early to decide on it. You know, it's it's only just come out today. Um, I, I I drafted Chase Edmonds. I like yeah. Uh, previously, I just quite like the name. How can you not like a running back called Chase? <laughs> <laughs> How my best picks are made. Um, but no, I, I think it's a bit early to suddenly go, we definitely, you know, we, we definitely need him. I kind of like the pair together anyway, but, but it, it does it does worry me because I think they're both actually good players. So you you end up a little bit in that situation of not being sure who to have, but they're going a bit earlier than I'd like. Um, yeah, yeah. Chicks, any thoughts on the, the, the Drake breaking story and Chase Edmonds? I mean... Obviously, where Drake's going, you're taking him quite high up, and I'm a big fan of Kenyon Drake. I have been for a while, and I think the guy's talent is there. The only worry that's always been there is can he shoulder, you know, the full the full workload? Um, you know, he's never really had it, and is he durable enough to sort of do it? I'm not saying he's not, but you know, little stories like this are slightly worrying. I still wouldn't be shying away from taking him early on because I think he could be a league winner for people. You know, like I've said before on, on previous episodes, you want a piece of that Arizona backfield. You know, what we saw last season, uh, the running backs, you know, were um, running back ones pretty much every week, whoever you plugged in there. So it just, for me, just adds a bit more value to taking Chase Edmonds as a bit of a handcuff later on for Kenyon Drake. Because, you know, if he does go down, Edmonds is the next guy up and, I know they've got um who's the other guy they've got from San Diego State who drafted oh, this year. You know Benjamin. Yeah, you know Benjamin. You know Benjamin yeah. yeah. So I know he's there, but for me, Edmonds is the next guy up. Um he showed you know, he put up some monster weeks last year when he started. So yeah, I think he's got sneaky value as a as a handcuff and then obviously a dynasty league you can get him super late on. Um yeah. yeah. Actually, that's what I, that's that's what I did in the rookie. Uh, I mean, sorry, the IDP uh, dynasty league. I, I drafted Drake, and then I think I got uh, I got Edmonds. You know, twentieth uh, or thirtieth round or something, somewhere around there, pretty late. Yeah, I think this does just say if you only know Benjamin and you're forced to drop players, try and keep him because um, there could be opportunity there. And he came in. I mean, pre-draft, he was seen as one of the better running backs in the class and then obviously something happened and he ended up going much later in round seven so we, we know the risks that come with something like that but yeah I do think uh, you know does have a bit of value particularly in those dynasty leagues um, pick him up late if you can okay so next up then uh, the 101 in the real NFL draft and most super flex rookie drafts Joe Burrow you might have seen on your uh, sleeper app that Joe Burrow was Hosing the defense um, in practice today. I think the actual ticker that came up was saying that they ran a two-minute drill from inside the 20. I think Burrow completed uh, six of seven passes and got a great touchdown pass in between two defenders to Auden Tate. 
Uh, there's also been some positive news coming out about Auden Tate. So we'll start with Joe Burrow. Um, obviously, we've talked about the risk of drafting rookie offensive players and quarterbacks and stuff. Joe Burrow's a bit of an exception to that, though. Um, you know, he was taken. He, we think he's going to be the starter from week one. There's no reason to think otherwise. Mode, with what you're hearing of Joe Burrow, is it making you just nudge him up in your rankings or maybe just, just reach for him, perhaps? I think it. I think it is. I, I I wasn't expecting it, but I I was you know I was one of those guys that I don't I don't like drafting rookies, you know unless except for maybe Kyle Murray last year. I'm not a big fan of drafting rookie QBs, and um yeah this is just kind of just it's kind of reassuring you know people who actually try to draft them a little early. Um yeah I I, I think this does. I mean I think Cincinnati's going to have their weapons, and um I mean and it was against the number one defense. It was against the ones. The, you know the first string defense. It wasn't against the second string or third string that he did, or what he did today. And uh, from every all of the news I've heard, he's he's developing. He's you know he's he's developing. He's, he's a solid developing QB who's you know you know creating great rapport with the wide receivers and just really just a matter of getting that timing down and stuff. Um, he's still going to struggle the first year. I don't know about redrafts whether I'll be looking to start him. Uh, one plus size that you know they're always going to be behind, so they're always going to be throwing, throwing the ball. You know, worst case garbage points, whatnot. Uh, but in a dynasty format or a redraft format, um, he's he, he's a nice little late round pick. Or dynasty, you'd be, you know, you'd be probably coming in a little earlier pick, but he's definitely worth it. I think rookie drafts, no question. I think uh, super flex, he has to go uh, number one. Yeah, I, I'd agree. I think just sometimes it's easy to get caught up in, in the but. I kind of feel like I need a share of Joe Burrow in one of my leagues now. And uh, otherwise, you know, you could get that same feeling you had with uh, the likes of Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, um, even Baker had a good first year. Lamar, you know, for all the flaws he had with the passing, still got loads of people points. And I'm starting to get that same feel with Burrow now that I don't want to miss out on him. And it may mean that I end up reaching a round or two rounds, you know, perhaps earlier than I should. But Starting to get that same feeling that this isn't a player I want to miss out on. I don't know, Chiggs. What are your thoughts on Burrow with what you're I'm, hearing? I'm I'm agree with you on that. I'd be happy to reach um, slightly earlier to get him. You know, just because even if he doesn't pan out in year one, you know, and we, you know, I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna come in and do say what Kyle Murray did, but you know, he could quite easily have those kind of numbers, but. His value will always hold, just given that he was you know, the first overall pick, his record season with LSU. You know, he's in a progressive offense there, you know, with Zach Taylor and what they're doing, and obviously with T. Higgins. Like, you can see them building something nice there, and so his his value, therefore, will hold. But you can see the upside there. You know, he, he, could, he could be really special. So, yeah, would be very happy to reach and, and get a share of him. And I'm, I'm just gutted. I don't have any shares of him anywhere, actually. Yeah, I'm the same as you. So, Paul, I'm going to put a slightly different question to you. Um, I, I know there's been praise for Auden Tate, but one player I think is being almost forgotten in fantasy circles is AJ Green. So with the buzz that's going for going around for Joe Burrow, is AJ Green a player that's becoming more and more intriguing? Do you think he's being slept on a little bit? Yeah, I think you can get him for really good value, actually. You know, it's it is a bit tricky. I still, bizarrely, I you know, in a redraft, I don't want um, uh, I don't want to take Burrows, um, because I think there's plenty of other people that you've got some confidence with where how they're actually going to be playing. It's in a dynasty. I absolutely agree. I'd like, like to be um, I, I'd like to have, or I'd like I'll, I'll, I'll probably be reaching as well along with everybody else, which makes things a bit trickier. But um, AJ Green, yeah, I think is a. It's got a lot of, you know, if he if he's doing well, he's going to be throwing it. He's got to be throwing it to. The the only thing is they have got a lot of wide receivers on their team. But yes, I would like AJ Green. I see him being a, a good yeah. value player. It's, it's just the only problem is you only want you want AJ Green in in redraft, right? Because he's what thirty one. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I think in dynasty, he's only a player you want to go for if you're very confident you'll win now, and and he's a player that can take you over the edge. You know, and can... the margin and the marginal problem with that is he's got a rookie quarterback, so it's it's kind of the same argument for whether if you if you think AJ Green's Green's going to be good this year, Burrows has got to be fairly good this year. Yeah, just with the buzz I'm hearing on Burrow, obviously me and Chiggs and I think all of us, you know. 
growing on him even more. Yeah. Um, but I think that does also add value to Tyler Boyd and AJ Green, um, who tend to be decent value, just yeah. uh, from what I'm seeing. And, you know, everyone knows Justin Jefferson was productive with Joe Burrow at LSU, but let's not forget Jamar Chase was arguably the number one receiver in the country, uh, you know, coming into next year's draft. And uh, that that's A.J. Green, you know, for Joe Burrow this year. Um, so I think A.J. Green's could be had a good value. Mo, are you buying into the hype or are you staying cautious um, on the receiver side of I'm just worried how many. Just sorry, just to. I'm just worried how many receivers they've got, who are all, you know, they've got John Ross there, who's I think I still think underperformed. I still quite like him where it's going actually. Um, I like his talent anyway. They they've got quite a lot of people there to. Um, it's, it's the only like marginal danger. Yeah, I, I still think uh, Boyd's going to be the guy there at the end. Um, the, uh, I mean, I agree. There there are a lot of wide receivers there. The only the only thing that I'm hesitant about. Green is again. He's injured again. He's got a hamstring. I mean, injury, uh, which can you know can you know nag on throughout the season, and then also he's not building up the rapport with Burrow during preseason. So that's my only hesitance on AJ Green. As late as he's going, I mean, yeah, there's a little bit of value there. But at the same time, I can make the argument that you know he just. I mean, you know, like Paul said, there's a lot of wide receivers there. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't made, you know, he hasn't created that rapport with Burrow. I mean, if anything, I would probably be a buyer of AJ Green, maybe after a couple of games when, you know, he's not showing up and then, you know, he might get him for even cheaper or you might even get him off the waiver wire. But I'm not I'm not quite sure if I want to commit a, a you know, like a mid range pick for him at this point. Okay. No, that's interesting stuff. Um, you know, uh, see how we get on in our draft starting this weekend. Paul and Chick, see if you do take any of the uh, Bengals. Well and Mo actually. Uh, you're you're drafting as well, aren't you, man? Uh, yeah, next week. Uh, I think uh, actually next Tuesday. So I'm about to want to find out what spot I'm drafting in. So that's a pure redraft league. So we have to uh, have a little a session uh, uh, during during the next podcast here. Kind of kind of kind of help me break down who I should be drafting possibly. Well, we were talking about you drafting in our NFL lads league. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, that, that's all said. That's all said this year. <laughs> Cool. Uh, next player then, Chiggs, I'm going to start with you because I know you're a big fan of this guy, uh, Deontay Johnson. Um, so I think, Mo, you were saying he's now missed five training sessions in a row? I hear that five correct? games, correct. Oh, five in a row. So um, last five games, correct. He's been, he's been out. He's been out. So Chiggs, are you worrying more and more about Deontay for this year at all? Yeah, so I am starting to worry a little bit. Um, a little bit more now, not only with the obviously the injury reports coming out and the sort of missed practices, but I think also there was a I heard a report that um, Big Ben, you know, his throwing action looked different as well, um, and so that that that, that never, you know when you hear something like that, it doesn't bode well, and then you know he's not getting those reps. In practice with with Big Ben, right? So they've got um, James Washington there as well, who is is flashed with Big Ben before. We've obviously got Chase Claypool. Juju's going to have a bounce back here as well. So you know, I feel I still see Deontay Johnson as a you know, real nice little sleeper. I think he's obviously a bit of hype coming into the season, and I think obviously in Dynasty, I still want a piece of him, but. Just makes me temper my expectations from him from a little bit for this season. Are you still taking him ahead of James Washington if you had to yeah. draft now? Yeah, I, I still would be. I still, I, I just think that the talent and what he showed for me last year, I think, you know, he can, if he's healthy and he sort of clicks with Big Ben, I can see him taking a step forward. But, you know, the, the, long, the longer he sits out of practice and stuff and miss, misses those reps and stuff, yeah, then. See, I, I reckon Washington will do better than Johnson. There, there was this report that just came out that Tomlin did say he wants Johnson on the field every down. Uh, sorry, he wants Washington on the field every down. Don't ruin oh. my fab bet, Mo. What we said about this. <laughs> oh, oh, my bad. Sorry. <laughs> but I, 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 th I think Chiggs is very bullish, so make the fab bet. I think he'll take Johnson over uh, Washington any day. So You would have thought so after his last comments, right? Oh, yeah. Come on, Chiggs. You can't back out now. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'll, I'll get involved here for that. 
game minimum. Oh, wow. I mean, given the guy's got injury concerns, obviously I'm going to put that caveat. I almost feel like this one can't have that minimum game thing in there. So do I. I think, I think Paul's going for it on the basis of injury record. He's right? already injured. It's not like we don't know it. I mean, well, actually, what kind of my point actually is. So, so what, why would I take a bet with, with a guy's injured? <laughs> so you know, because you know he's not as good. No, I, I. That's kind of my point actually. When if you're drafting right now, which one do you pick? I would pick Washington. You know, my my expectation is he's going to be he's going to get get more points here. Um, rather than you know, on a season long, I think he's just more likely to be you know get all, all things considered be a better pick. The, the biggest worry for me is we don't know what Big Ben's going to be. Is, is he going to be you know old school Big Ben where he was slinging it and um, very productive? Is he going to be a sort of a much older and less capable version is he going to I injure himself again i think he's just got to that point where he's he's kind of at the end i mean i really like him but i think he's just got to that point in his career where it's hard to come back the, the thing but, for me is, is that he um you know that that report about his elbow and stuff like it was very worrying you know the fact that he was changing his throwing motion but at the end of the day, he's still a massive upgrade on Devlin Hodges and Mason Rudolph. So <laughs> even if Big Ben's throwing with his left arm, you know there's going to be there's going to be better production from your wide receivers there in Pittsburgh this year anyway. Yeah, that's totally true. Hey, uh, don't forget they've added Ebron. Yep, I like Eric Ebron this year. Uh, yeah. Okay. So next up, then back on the running backs, um, and. Uh, Players we've discussed quite a bit, actually, uh, on one side of the fence. So, Zach Moss, he's been getting a lot of praise from the Bills. Apparently, he's been picking up his um, blocking duties well, been running um, through the right gaps well, receiving well. You know, a lot of a lot of praise coming in for Zach Moss. Um, less so for Singletree. Not so, not so much so that Singletree's getting criticised or bashed, but it's just that there's a lot of hype building on uh, Zach Moss from the coaching staff. So you starting to fade Singletary, Paul? Are you, you, you worried as a Singletary owner? Yeah, of course I'm worried because I've been managed to get jammed into trading for him and now everyone thinks he's rubbish. <laughs> my, usual, my usual thought. I always thought he was But, but I'm also totally torn because <laughs> Mo wants to take him off me. So I know if I do trade him away, I'm going to lose twice here. I, I'm going to have him and trade him away and still get the wrong decision. Yeah, I much prefer it when you're all against the same. Um, I, I, I still like him, but man, I, I don't like I don't like the praise that Moss is getting right now. And I don't like the fact how they commented on, on how Singletary was struggling to go between the tackles while Moss was just 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 a piece of cake for him. I so can I only can... think that means they're trying to talk up Moss so they can trade him away because they know how good Singletary is. <laughs> so if you want him, you gotta pay up. All right, we'll see what we can do. We'll, we'll talk. We'll talk something here. I, I, I still like him because I have him in one dynasty. I figure I might as well have him in another dynasty. Good point. I still like Singletary. So if you're looking to uh, sell, then uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk trade, Paul. Did, did, didn't he get him from you? No, I got him. Yeah, yeah, from me. I think he gave like that's first when I was and a second to pick up as many first as I could. Remember? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I was talking him up as a, as a top three pick in this year's draft and stuff, all this sort of nonsense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I think so, the value the value's still there for him in a redraft league. He's still, he's still going, what, fourth okay. round, fifth round? So the value's... Yeah, I, I, I agree with you, um, Mo. Uh, I, I'm still not buying into Moss, if anything. It's making me think if I draft Singletary, I may want a handcuff. And have Moss, but I'm not even sure if that's smart because it's sounding that it's more likely to be a committee than we maybe thought it would be a few weeks ago, where we thought Singletree would be the guy and Moss maybe gets, you know, seven to ten carries in a game. Um, but I don't know. With the praise he's getting, it might be that it becomes more of a share than we'd um, previously anticipated. It is is Moss somebody that you'd be targeting in your season long leagues, Paul? Um, I still, honestly, I still prefer Singletree until this week. Um, and I think I would still rather have him. But it's, I, I'm, I am losing a little bit of faith in him. 
joking aside, I am, you know, I am slightly becoming more hesitant. But actually, I don't like the. Um, I've become more hesitant on both. I kind of move them both down rather than one to the other. If you know what I mean. When there's yeah, a, I... a committee feel, I think it just weak. Well, it does just weaken both, right? Yeah, I agree. I... Yeah, yeah. Completely agree. Agree. I, don't, I don't think I'd be holding Moss on my bench, to be honest. I think there's other players that I'd be holding on the bench. But again, you know, you could could prove me wrong. Um, I just don't think he would have had enough time, um, you know, or match practice to really earn too many reps um, from the get-go, as we've discussed with, you know, a lot of the rookies this year. So uh, next up, then, big tight end free agent signing of the uh, offseason, Austin Hooper. We've all been talking about how the Browns' situation is muddied, and they've got a lot of receivers there now. Austin Hooper sort of adds to that conundrum. But reports are coming out that he's been a sort of favorite of Baker Mayfield, particularly in the red zone, um, as he kind of was with Matt Ryan in the red zone last year. So, Mo, is Austin Hooper somebody you're intrigued by or are you still worried about the uh, situation there in there um I'm, i think i'm intrigued however still concerned i think i still expect to see everyone you know one player doing well in, in one game and i don't, I don't think you're going to see consistency, consistency there and however I, I think his stock has gone up in my book especially with joku getting injured because they were talking about running a two tight end set uh joku injuring his wrist again uh, i think elevated his stock again uh, uh elevated his stock a little bit However, in my opinion, he's still going way too high, uh, you know, ADP wise. I mean, he's like the seventh tight end off the board. And, I, you know, in years past, I think you can make an argument where, you know, you want to get some of the, one of these early, would get an early tight end just because there's a lack of depth in the tight end uh, field there. And now I think today, this year, I, I think, you know, even in the waiver wire, you're going to find some sneaky little picks there. Um, so I'm, I'm still kind of staying away just because of his ADP. Um, however, I think, uh, I, I think, um, I think his shares have increased. I mean, his, his, his stock has increased in my book just because of the Njoku injury and the fact that, you know, he's becoming, uh, Baker's little you know, favorite red zone target. Plus he's also going to be the guy that, you know, if he has to bail out, he's going to either throw it to Kareem Hunt or the tight end. So, um, no, I mean, I, I, I think, I think he, I think he's going to do well. I just don't like his AD, ADP, in my opinion, opinion. It's still, still quite high for me. See, I think, Sorry, go on, Paul. Well, I, I like no, no, I like his tight end ranking. I can I can see him being top seven, but um, I kind of agree on the ADP overall. I think there's other players I'd rather have, but tight end wise, I think he's kind of fits about right. If that makes sense. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. I agree with you there. Correct. Uh, yeah, yeah, I concur. Like you said, I think just where he's where he's going, I prefer other positions. That's why I've I've been kind yeah. of I've been kind of targeting tight ends later in the draft, if anything. Oh, yes, I was going to ask of of the three, what would we, who would you rank one, two, and three for uh, Austin Hooper, Noah Fant, and Hunter Henry? I'll ask that question to you, Mo. First, oh, talent wise, I would go Hunter Henry. No fantasy, fantasy purely for fantasy. Yeah. Ooh, I think I'm going to go Hunter Henry still, and then Hunter Henry, uh, probably Hooper, and then probably Noah Fant. Okay. Yeah, and I'm the same for his work. Oh, exactly the same. But and here's I what too, I think it, it becomes intriguing because uh, I think they're in a similar range. I, I could see that opinion. now. Yeah, which I can see. Now, now this kind of re, this kind of reiterates what I was saying. Like, okay, Henry, I think you're playing a fifth or sixth. I think you're playing sixth round draft. I think Hooper, you're playing paying maybe a little bit slightly lower, seventh or eighth. But Fant, I think you can draft him in like you know the teens. So you're no, getting. I think fans going higher than uh, Austin Hooper. In last, in I saw, last I saw. Yeah, in ADP wise, I'm sure it was. He shouldn't. Um, is it Dynasty or is it? Um... Maybe maybe I looked. Maybe I looked wrong. Maybe I've looked wrong. Um, let's see. Like just just in a standard PPR tight end rankings, I think um, fans going about let's ten. So, yeah, okay, well, while we're looking, I reckon he I reckon he was like three picks ahead. Oh, you're right, actually. And one of I, th- I think, I think you get fan see- you get like uh fan gronk, uh the Atlanta guy, and then Hooper. 
Yeah, you're right. Surprisingly, I thought Hooper. I thought he was going a lot higher for some reason. Maybe he's maybe he's moving up or something. But I was I was looking. I've just been looking at time because I keep drafting wrong. Ah, actually, you're actually you're actually correct. Um, for some reason, uh, I thought he was going a lot higher. You're right. Hmm. Surprised uh, Hurst is going ahead of um. Yeah. Hooper. It's it's Henry Fant, to... Hurst, and Hooper. Wow. Okay. Well. I'm about to renege everything I just said there. Uh, Hooper's uh, actually not that bad now. He's going up my stock board. Yeah, that seems good value. I mean, with the um, Njoku injury, the holds up is another matter altogether. But the next player we were going to discuss was Mike Gasicki. So where's Gasicki going then in terms of tight end uh, ADP? Who's, uh, it? Who's he, the Miami guy? That's correct. He's going a little. He's going a little higher. He's going um uh about like, about like top ten right now. Right. Okay. So Mike Gasicki is also getting a lot of buzz um on you know from the training camp. I think the the, the uh, ticker that came from Sleep was saying the defenses are getting frustrated that they're not able to <laughs> defend against him. So he's getting, and in fact, TJ Hawkinson as well. So these tight ends are getting a bit of bars. Uh, as red zone targets. So Mike Gasicki, TJ Hawkinson, are they players that you're high on for this year that you target and, you know, be happy to rely on in as your starters, uh, Mo? Oh, uh, yes, for sure. I think I, I was, I was high on Gasicki uh, um, and Hawkinson as well. I mean, again, he just had that first year just riddled with injuries. Stafford got hurt then. And a rookie tight ends kind of always struggle a little bit. Um, I think both of them are going to be solid players. And uh, the only, again, I think with this one, Jaseki, he's going as a top 10 tight end, while you can probably get Hawkinson on the waiver wire in a redraft league. Uh, so that's that's the plus side there. So, but yeah, I think um, both of them will do you, do you a solid. Yeah, I mean, both of them, right? I mean, this is like, like my said, with the um, tight ends take a few years to develop. Um, you know, it's very rare you get a guy come out like Evan Engram or Noah Fant, for example, last year, and they were probably more sort of pure receiving tight ends. But these guys got you know they had the draft pedigree. I think Gesicki was a round two pick. Um, T.J. Hawkinson, see first round last year, and now they're starting to show you know why people have sort of put faith in them. And they, these are the kind of guys, definitely Gesicki. You know, he was the kind of guy you're sort of picking up shares of last year this offseason ready for that sort of breakout and now obviously the hype's coming through in camp his value's kind of rising probably you know i think i think top 10 is probably where where he'll finish i can't see him breaking into that top five necessarily but so you're probably paying fair value for him now, let me add this and, in the mix um, would you go for sorry would you go for right now? Hawkinson and Herndon are going about the same spot. Who would you get out of those two? Because Herndon's uh, got a lot of hype as well. In in redraft or in dynasty? Uh, both, because they're about probably about the same age. Maybe you know Herndon's got a year bit more, a year older. Uh, dynasty T.J. Hawkinson for me for sure. Um, Herndon, I you know Herndon's the kind of guy I see a bit like um like Johnny Smith, Mike Gesicki. You know what what I was seeing in these guys like last year. You know, he's that kind of sleeper, and I think you're getting really good value for him now. So for me, I think you can probably pick up both in a dynasty league, where you take Hawkinson early on, you pick up um, Herndon in you know, in the round in the twentieth, you know, the rounds twenty onwards. That that's the kind of you know, that's the. I think if you miss on one of those top top tight ends, you're basically trying to pick you know, fill your roster with four or five of these sort of gambles that you know hopefully will break into being a top top 10 tight end and heard him fits in that category for me for sure yeah i think um you know patricia's got a, a lot to do to save his job um and i think he's going to try and find ways to involve hawkinson in that in that offense because he, he did come out as the number one tight end he was drafted at eight you know and i know iowa had two good tight ends but as i said patricia's arguably on his sort of last chance now with the Lions, and I think he's going to try and integrate the physical presence of Hawkinson, even if it's just in the red zone. But I can see him trying to integrate him more um, as a pass catcher, not just as a sort of blocker. 
Um, even though I know the O-line is slightly weak and Stafford needs a bit of protection. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm quite high on Hawkinson this year. Uh, I don't know if he's going to break into that top 10 as such, but certainly from a dynasty perspective, you know, players don't lose value in one season. And we've discussed before, tight ends do tend to have a third-year breakout. It's quite common. It takes a couple of years. It's one of the most difficult positions to learn just because of all the uh, all the faculties that they have and the skills that they have to learn um, in that position. It's not quite as simple as a wide receiver, for example, who has to just run the offensive route and try and get separation. There's a lot more to learn as a tight end. Um, so, Chiefs, I think you just stepped away from Obviously, but you look at guys like um, like George Kittle, I think Austin Hooper had it as well, where you know people were massively down on these guys after year one and year two, and the value you're getting on these guys was crazy. And you look at them now, and you say it just takes them a little while to develop. Obviously, not all of them go on to do that, but I think especially with TJ Hawkinson, the fact that he was being comped to Rob Gronkowski coming out of you know the best Titan pro- pro- uh, prospect. Since Gronkowski, I know OJ, OJ Howard has kind of talked in that breath as well as it in Joku, but the pedigree's there, and I think, you know, as you say, the offense will sort of, I think, feed him a little bit as well. Yeah, exactly. Don't uh, don't lose sight of TJ Hawkinson when you're doing your startup dynasty draft just because he had slow start. Um, so we've discussed quite a lot of offensive players. Did just want to touch on one player in particular for IDP. Now, Earl Thomas has been released by the Ravens after he had a bit of a bust-up at training. Um, Now, he was the starting free safety at the Ravens. Um, And that leaves a bit of of opportunity there for an IDP perspective. So, you know, we've talked about linebackers being the primary spot, but safeties do have um, value as well. Is the next man up, um, whoever it may be, uh, somebody of interest to you, Chiggs, in IDP? Yeah, I, I think so, for sure. You know, the, the Ravens' defence is generally very productive uh, from a fantasy perspective. If you look at their linebacking core, you know, the fact that Patrick Queen's coming in as a rookie and is arguably, arguably going to be their sort of three-down linebacker straight off the bat, you know, so hence why he's probably the first rookie um Obviously, other than Chase Young, he's probably you know and probably more highly valued than Isaiah Simmons, I'd say, um, in a in an IDP league. So there's definitely opportunity there for people to to step up, and I think um, yeah, it's no different now. Obviously, with Earl Thomas going, I think the most obvious candidates are um, Deshaun Elliott, who's had a bit of injury issue, or ironically, the guy that. Al Thomas had the supposed fight with Chuck Clark. So, uh, Paul, any of those that you're targeting, uh, if they're available on your waivers, for example? Or I know you're doing a startup at the moment. Are, not, are they just players you've added to your sort not, of watch list? Not really. I think Al Thomas not being there doesn't mean I want the the next guy down the list. Al Thomas's talent is from him, not from his position or his system. I don't think. I think you know they. I, I don't think this. I I don't think a defense works quite like that. So no, not really. I ha- and I and I'd know I haven't looked at the depth on behind him uh, at any point actually. So I'd, it's, it's something I will be looking at, but I haven't yet. So so I'm interesting note on our IDP league. No one has Earl Thomas. So I wouldn't know why we would want the replacement of them. Don't this this safety. You have so many safeties, right? Yeah. There's so many. There's so much. Uh, there's so many defensive backs you can take that all score fairly consistent or fairly similar points. Um, that I don't, by default, just want his replacement because I don't think his replacement will necessarily have the same role that he had. Yeah. No, I agree. Are you, are you um, nudging down the Ravens DST in your um, season-long leagues? After releasing Al Thomas, no, I don't. I oh. don't think it. Oh, um, sorry, Paul, you can answer. Yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think it makes. I think it's the system they play as much. I mean, you've got to have good players in it, but it's the system that that matters for how they play. But if you're, you know, being able to read the game as a um, 
uh, as the the individual player is so important. It's not necessarily how, you know, it's it's kind of weird because I think it is the system you play with the people you've got in it. But it's not just you go, oh, he's going to step in. Like, you know, I'm not sure um, uh, Keekley's replacement is going to be, you know, lots of people are trying to take him because he was such a strong linebacker. Suddenly go, oh, we want to have the the new guy because he'll take over. Well, he's not he's not the same talent just because he's in the same position. Yeah, but I don't think but, anyone's saying he is, right? If you're taking Luke Keekley as one or two overall, I mean obviously Darius Leonard if they take Leonard out of the equation, but Luke yeah. Keekley, even in a dynasty league, will still be probably going top five pick along with um Bobby Wagner, right? Yeah. Shaq Thompson's not going in a top five pick, he's still probably going around linebacker fifteen to twenty. And that makes sense there. I, and I get the why value of getting where you get, you know, no one's saying the talent's there, but the opportunity definitely is. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But I think uh, I actually kind of think just linebacker 15 is just basically bang on middle of the linebackers without any particular preference either way. You know what I mean? And I, I guess it does have some value where they're going to have such a big hole from being left. It's kind of the same thing here. I just think you, it, it's the player in the in the right system, you've got to have the right opportunity to be able to make the plays on the defensive side. Yeah, but again, it comes down to you know sometimes that player needs the opportunity. I'll give like Blake Martin as a, a classic example, right? You know, it took him a little while at Green Bay, and then when he sort of hit his groove, now this guy's a, a top three pick from a linebacker perspective from Dynasty. Oh yeah, you've got to have and a he's, chance. And he's to do a team, right? And he's still yeah, going that way. But I, but I mean I don't think the, the the second player is necessary, and I think linebacker is more relevant than than safeties actually. Yeah, as in mm-hmm. you've got more opportunity in linebacker, you're going to be thrown into the into the mix. Whereas as a safety, you could be just you know, you could just be owned all day long. Yeah, and also yeah, there's there's that volatility in, in say as you say, there's so many of them, you know, and the, the constant churn of them. Um, but yeah, but for me, if something like Chuck Clark is actually definitely just. You don't have to go and get him now, but you can probably pick him up off waivers, as you say. I mean, and for, there's for plenty example, of these guys you can do throughout the season. They've only the Ravens have got some. Uh, the Ravens, forgive me if this is wrong, but I see the Ravens having two um, middle linebackers listed, whereas safeties they've got six still. <laughs> you know that's that's strong and uh, free safeties, but they it they, this just doesn't quite have the same. Um, you know, opportunities, you can be a safety and not be anywhere near the ball for almost mm. every play, whereas you're always going to be part of something when you're a linebacker. So, uh, Kenny and Drake, uh, side note, Kenny and Drake just tweeted, I'm good. <laughs> hey, he probably heard us. <laughs> yep. He is pretty good. That's so, about as heartbreaking just... news as you can get, really. Yeah. In regards <laughs> to his walking brute, he tweeted, I'm good. So, no worries there. Draft him. To your heart's content. We've seen what that often means with Antonio Brown, though, as well. <laughs> well it, it's good. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think I'm going to try and uh, look at the latest news as close as to my draft as I possibly can before I decide if Kenyon Drake's, if the juice is worth the squeeze on that one. <laughs> okay, so that's been episode 30. We've, uh, you know, been interesting breaking down training camp news i think we'll look to do that next week as well season is fast approaching i think the best value uh, advice out there is to keep an eye out on what's happening through training camp and we'll be looking to break down the fantasy impact of those over the next week or two as well but for now that's me signing out mo giddy up <laughs> paul <clears throat> and chigs see you folks <laughs>